real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700, the champ. Hey, everybody, welcome in. Jim and Trent, we say hello to you here on a Wednesday in the capital city on 1700 the champ uh, a great program lined up for you today uh coming up in just a little bit uh you will hear from ted glover from the daily norseman and we will dive into the big matchup between the vikings and the chicago bears on sunday night football trent how are you pal and i know that you are salivating over that game I, I really am, Jim. I, this is as excited as I have been for a Bears regular season game in certainly a number of years. And, and you're always excited as a fan for the opener. You're excited when your team's in prime time, even if they aren't going a, a real positive direction. But this one, the importance to me, bragging rights in my family, bragging rights in my home. My wife, I married a Vikings fan. I grew up surrounded by these people. I said, never, never would I, I do anything Quite as ridiculous as that, marry somebody from that tribalism of, of the purple and gold yet. Well, here I am, uh, six years into marriage, and I'll, from my perspective, everything working out well. I'm not sure if she'd agree all the time, but I'm happy with everything going on there. But in all honesty, Jimmy B, I, I just I love this matchup, the Bears, and, and what flip for them. It, it, coming into the year, there were expectations. There always are. Bears fans are crazy that way. I usually don't lump myself in. I'm usually on the pessimistic side of things, but Jim, as you look at this, the Khalil Mack trade as it happened, it just, I think it completely changed, certainly the national perception of what this team could be. You bring in Nagy to help out their young quarterback and Mitchell Trubisky. Do you look at the Bears right now as a playoff team? Um, yes, I do. I mean, if you were to ask me, Point blank today, are they? Do they have the feel of a playoff team? I would say yes. After what I have seen, what Trubisky's been able to accomplish in the last uh, three or four games, putting all those points on the board, and B, what the defense of the Bears is doing right now as well, and having a healthy Khalil Mack back, uh, that changes that defense whole dynamic. So, yes, I would say today. Now, look, we still have a lot of NFL football to play, but I I can't wait for the Sunday night game either. Uh, I think this is going to be a great barometer into what the Bears' season and how it's going to uh, continue for the remainder of 2018. I I can't wait, Trent, and, and I think for the Vikings, I think they they know who they are. I still think the Bears are still fishing around a little bit to exactly find out who they really are. And I think this game will have a lot to do with that. You know, Trubisky was just so, so good in the matchup last week against Detroit. Was it a depleted Lions team? Absolutely. But the Bears had struggles against Detroit. I think they'd won something like 10 of the last 12 against the Bears. And just to get the win, do what you're supposed to do when you're the playoff hunt. That was certainly good to see, Jimmy P. We will get into that certainly more later on here today. Ted Glover again. He's going to be joining us. I've known Ted, Ted for a number of years. Though he is a Vikings fan, I do like the guy. His Buckeye fandom maybe takes me in a different direction, but we'll, we'll see if we get some Buckeye talk in there too uh, towards the end of the conversation. But, Jim, speaking of the Buckeyes and the Big Ten, let's go to Iowa. Yesterday, we hear again from Kirk Ferentz. As Kirk Ferentz had yes. his news conference, and, of course, the conversation continued about the usage of what we saw on Noah Fant, the nine snaps in the second half. And in a way, he doubled down 
you know, he doubled down in, in his perspective of the usage of him, the way that they utilized him. Your takeaway, Jim, from what you heard from Kirk Ferentz yesterday. I, I just, I, I'm not going to say it, it felt like a cop-out. I, I just kind of feel like he just sort of pushed it to the side. You know, when he's a specialist. Uh, no, he's your tight end. He's the, one of the best tight ends in all of college football. That's not a specialist to me. That's a guy who's a rare talent. Mm-hmm. And if you have a guy who's a rare talent, that dude should be on the field. Now, I think Tom Cakert, I saw something that he tweeted out about the number of snaps last year for Fant compared to the number of snaps this year. And it's like one or two difference. That's it so far. But, I mean, you're trying to win games and you don't have one of your best players on the field in crucial situations when you're trying to win. You know, that's that that's ridiculous to me. That's like in basketball, if Fran McCaffrey and you got a minute left in the game and you're down a bucket and you don't have Tyler Cook out on the block for you trying to score down low and draw a foul. I'm I'm really I'm frustrated with what I heard, Trent. I think more than more than anything because I didn't feel like he really answered the question and he just sort of bypassed it and tried to move on to something else. Well, Jim, there's I I laid out to you on Monday. There were a few different routes for this. It was an injury concern. Well, that is not the case. Both Noah Fant and, and the coaching staff have said no. There's not an injury. Number two is there is something happening internally, be it. He has already told them that he will not be playing in the bowl game and that it rubbed people the wrong way. He's not practicing well. You look at some of the numbers. I know uh, Pro Football Focus had the numbers. Again, wasn't very good in the run-blocking game. Maybe he's not finishing routes. You know, another perspective here, as you look, no fan we know is an incredible talent, but if he is out there and he's not giving it his all, he is laying back, if you will, because he's concerned about an injury, he's, he's concerned about something like that, that can make a big impact. That that certainly can. People know when you're you're not giving full effort, and if that's something that they're seeing, he's worried about getting injured and he's not giving it. Okay, but if that's the case, don't you have to say that because the vultures are circling right now, Jimmy B. There there are a lot of mm-hmm. frustrated fans that are out there. Isn't that something that needs to be brought up? Because the way that it's laid out, it's not a character problem. He was asked about that. That's not the case. It's not anything about his brother tweeting, at least so he says. So if we're going to be, if we're going to believe everything that we're told, Jim, this is the conclusion that I've come to, that they were once again outcoached, outschemed, outplayed by Pat Fitzgerald, just like they were the week yep. before, outcoached by Brom. This is the same thing over and over and over again. We have to execute. That's fine. But when one team is out there scheming to beat you, and you're just going back to the same tired and true things that you've done for the last 19 years, that mm-hmm. leads to the frustration. And I'm sorry, but when you are a Big Ten football coach, this shouldn't be happening continually. You should not be getting beat by teams like Northwestern that aren't as talented as you time in and time out. You've lost three consecutive now to the Wildcats. Pat Fitzgerald is 8-5 and five against Kirk Ferentz, and he has won a number of those games. I believe of the eight, seven of those times... He was an underdog going into the matchup with Iowa. That's bad coaching, Jimmy B. I'm with you on that, and I concur. 
Um, I don't know what can be done about it. I know that, you know, you have your upset fans that are screaming for this guy to be gone, that guy to be, that that we all know that's not going to happen, which is why we don't reference it on this show. Because they're not going to make a coaching change. You can scream all you want, but it's not going to, it's not going to happen, folks. So this is what you have and this is what you're going to get. That's why, Trent, I, I was so disappointed after what I saw in that Northwestern game where it, it looked like they had, you know, regressed so badly that they just couldn't get out of their own way. And I, I, that's why I asked you what happened to the games where they went up and down the field with on the road at Indiana and at, and at Minnesota. And they put points on the board at Purdue Mm-hmm. But yet Purdue found a way to win. That's that's the key. Being a good team is you find ways to win. And Iowa, in the big games that they have had, Wisconsin, Penn State, Purdue, they could not do that. They haven't been able to. It, it has been some ugliness certainly out there, Jim, and I know the yep. frustrations that are out there at this point. Completely get it. It's going to continue. Now it's Illinois this week, and... Of course, not a great Illinois team. I, I don't know many times throughout the years we've talked about great Illinois football teams. Zucker got them to the what the Rose Bowl one year, and, and that was an absolute train wreck because that season they pulled a big upset against Ohio State, but that wasn't a very good team. They had the Sugar Bowl year back in 99, 2000. And then you got to go back to the 80s, and they had some decent teams. It, it's, it's a bad football program, a bad football team. But, Jimmy B., are you confident at all at this Iowa team right now? What we've seen over the last three weeks, is it as simple as close games didn't go in their favor, it'll tilt back, it always does, or do you see something more sinister, more concerning when you look at this program at this point? No, I'll tell you what I see. I see a game that uh, they are going to be heavily favored in, and we'll get into that on Friday, of course, and they will win the game. And But it'll be against a team that you know can't can't play big big man football so when they matched up against teams that played big man football they could not win and they looked bad at several different times trying to win so i think they win this game coming up against illinois and i don't expect fans to go oh everything's fine we beat illinois well yeah that's the problem you beat illinois and, and then you got Nebraska. So I don't know, Trent. I mean, look, if they, if they find a way to lose to the Fighting Illini, now there will be holy hell to pay. I, I, think, I think that might be the game where at least some wheels are put in motion. Not for Ferentz, but maybe for the other people on the coaching staff. But I, I just can't see it happening. I mean, they, they just they have way too much talent to lose against Illinois. They do. But if Illinois finds a way to beat them, Ooh. oh, my God. Yeah. Burn it down, start over. I mean, geez. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you just you, you can't afford that. You really can't. You can't afford a no. loss to a program like this. Jimmy B, moving on. Let's go over to Iowa State as they get ready for a monster matchup making their way down to Texas. Earlier today, myself and Ken Miller, we talked with Eric Heft. If you missed that and missed any portion of our programs, you can find the podcast over at 1700thechamp.com. 
But we're talking to Hefty from the radio network, and mm-hmm. he's got uh, he's got Jimmy B travel itinerary in front of him. Down to Austin, call the football game, yep. and then yep. off to Hawaii for the Maui Invitational. Jimmy B, how are you going to find a way to sneak into his luggage? Man, I'm telling you right now, I've already sent him a text, Trent, and <laughs> I told him to take a big duffel bag. Uh-huh. And that way I figured we could both kind of slide in. Neither one of us are the biggest guys in the world. So his bag might weigh a little bit more than it normally does, but it'll still be about the same size with you and I tucked in there nicely so we can make that Hawaii trip. (laughs) Probably not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. You know, Jim, I I saw something last night as Iowa State women uh, came back and won. They're playing in the preseason NIT, and and they go to the championship game, but – I saw a uh, a quote from Bill Fennelly, their head coach, and he was just talking about what is happening at Iowa State and, and the football yeah. success and the expectations for basketball. And then you get into the non-revenue sports and what volleyball has been throughout the years, women's basketball, and the way that they just, uh, the excitement that is there. It's special times up there in Iowa State. And, and of course, the biggest thing is what's happening with the football program. And they're heading towards heights that, we have never seen before, Jimmy B. Mm-hmm. You go back yep. to the two seasons where they had a chance to get to the Big 12 title game. That was completely different. With, with this, the divide that we were seeing at that time between the Big 12 South and the North, it was completely different to what we're seeing right now. The expectations, the excitement, going through this for the very first time. What a time to be an Iowa State fan, Jim. You know what? If... Uh... If if you're a Cyclone hater, I got news for you. You're probably going to hate even worse because Matt Campbell has flipped the switch at that school. And it's funny, Trent, because when I talk with Hawk fans, oh, he's he's not going to be there long. That, that's the first words out of their mouth. Oh, he's not going to be there long. He's going to jump for another job, maybe even after this season, because that has been the trend at Iowa State. You know, it was basically uh, a, a job that you set yourself up for if you had some success to get another job. But Matt Campbell's a different cat, and he's being paid well. He really is enjoying what he is building. Do I expect him to eventually leave and take a different job? I do. I do. But not this year. Probably not next year. And I think that he believes, Trent, that he can do what no other coach has been able to do, and that is take Iowa State not only to a Big 12 championship game, but win a Big 12 championship game. And I think maybe that's where his priority and his thought process is right now. Is it sustainable, though, Jim? Is it sustainable for Matt Campbell? To do this over the long haul. It is yeah, it is a difficult job. Jim, you've covered college sports for a long time. Yes. You know that, for the most part, everybody kind of has their place. Everybody has their spot in the table, and there'll be fluctuations. But for the most part, you go back to the mean. You go back to the median. With Iowa State, with limited recruiting area, with the divide that you still see being the northernmost school in the Big 12, Texas, Oklahoma, on and on and on, and just the difficulty. Is it realistic to expect them to continue, not to get to the Big 12 title game every year? I I don't think that should be certainly anybody's expectations, but is it realistic to expect them to continue down this path and year after year 
be bowl eligible year after year, be that 7-8 win team, and then every three, four years break through and be a title. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly difficult, Jim. If there is a guy who could make that happen, it's the guy who's currently the head coach. That's the way I feel about it right now, Trent. And like I said, I believe he'll be there for a few more seasons, and then something big will occur, and he will most likely then jump for that. But I don't see him going anywhere uh, anytime soon, so don't look for that. A lot more still to come here on the program today. Next, we're going to be talking Bears-Vikings, the matchup in the NFC North. The Bears sitting in first place. The Vikings right behind them. Of course, have that funky tie from back in the Green Bay game, making things a little bit more interesting. They also will be playing in Week 17. This one, though, Sunday night football in Soldier Field. Then a quick turnaround for the Bears as they'll play 11.30 Thanksgiving morning against the Lions. Before that, a big one at home. We'll get into it with the Vikings' perspective. Joining us next... It'll be Ted Glover from the Daily Norseman as we continue Jimmy B and TC on 1700 The Champ. Live play-by-play coverage of every NFL primetime game right here. 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Everyone is a champion in their own way, but aches and pains can make you want to give up on your training or workout. Instead of relying on pain medication to power through, stay active with help from Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy. They give you a personal touch to work towards your own wellness goals. With Athletic Recovery Program... And welcome back, everybody. We continue here, Jimmy B and TC, on 1700 The Champ, welcoming in Ted Glover, the Daily Norseman, and we're going to dive into the Minnesota Vikings right now. Uh, as always, Ted, welcome to the program, and where are you right now, presently with what you've seen so far through the first half of the season on the Vikings about where you thought they'd be less more what's your answer um first thanks again for having me on it's always great to be on your show and and talk football with you guys um kind of about this where they are um their defense struggled a little bit more earlier in the season than I thought they would um Kirk Cousins and the offense are doing a about what I expected. I, I would have expected maybe a, a little bit higher offensive production, but you can attribute that to Dalvin Cook being hurt again and the, and the Vikings have, having to rely on Latavius Murray. The offensive line, once again, was a big question mark, and, and they've been hot and cold, kind of like they were last year. Um, you know, if you if you convert that Green Bay tie in Week 2 into a win, they're, they're what, 6-3? and three. I, Yeah, I, I think... They, they had a, they've had a tougher schedule. I don't think anybody expected them to be, you know, like a one-loss team at this point. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I can't really have a lot of complaints about where they sit so far. Ted, it is great to talk to you again, and, and what a perfect week for this. We have gone back and forth in the Bears and Vikings for years, and uh, I actually have some ammunition for once this season. You nervous about You kind of do. You, you nervous about the Bearskis? Uh, I, I'm always nervous when the Vikings travel to Soldier Field. That is, that is like a house of horrors for them. It has been for, what, the better part of 15 years since I think Denny Green retired? Yeah. Um, or got fired or took the high road out of town, however you want to call it. Um, I, they've won, what, two of the last three up there. I think Mike Zimmer maybe um, might be close to exercising those demons. But uh, this is probably the best Bears team that the Vikings have faced in Soldier Field 
in what six or seven years, maybe. I'd, I'd have to go back and look. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. It, it, it it's uh, it's so much good. And Ted, as we've talked throughout the years, you knew I grew up right by the Minnesota border on the right side of things here in Iowa. I was surrounded by Vikings fans. I was kind of on an island. There were a few of us, but not a whole lot of them. And then the Packer fans suddenly uh, started to jump aboard in the 90s. Kind of funny how that happens. But it was all Vikings fans that I grew up with. My wife's a Vikings fan. Most of my family are Vikings fans. It's, to me, the biggest rivalry. But I know this is different. And it was different during the 80s when the Vikings had those great defenses with Millard and Dolman and Joey Browner and on and on against those very good Bears teams in the NFC Central days. It, It is different, but... What does this rivalry for you, as a guy that lives in St. Louis, uh, I, I know Packers, Vikings, how important that is to Vikings fans in general. What is the Bears rivalry today with the Vikings in your mind? Um, it's, you know, no, no offense, but it's, it's below the Packers, but not much. Um, I, I, you know, I think it kind of ebbs and flows. The, the better the Packers are, the better the Bears are, the more intense the rivalry is, I think. Um, and and I, I would still argue even... You know, I hate to admit it, but but Packers and, and Bears is probably of the you know Packers Vikings Vikings Bears Bears Packers. It's probably the Packers Bears, which is probably the, still the, the top rivalry simply simply because they played so many times over you know however many years since basically the fight of the NFL. But uh, it, it's it's always a big rivalry. I mean, you know, you've got the Packers, and it's and it's been more the Packers recent years because the Packers have been better. They've had you know back to back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Um, but I, I kind of identify with Bears fans more because we have had a cavalcade of terrible quarterbacks for the better part of our lifetimes. I mean, you had you had Jim McMahon and Jay Cutler. You can debate whether or not he was good. The Vikings <laughs> had a few years of Dante Culpepper. Now we've got Kirk Cousins, who's a pretty good quarterback. So, I mean, the teams have been remarkably similar over the years, I would argue. Um, so, it's yeah, it's a big rivalry, and this one – you know, it's it's cool to see the Bears and the Vikings fighting for the division, and the Packers sort of bringing up the rear, as opposed to either the the Vikings or the Bears bringing up the rear for for once in this in this three team in this three team triangle of of rivalries, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Okay, so the biggest disruption on defense will come from Khalil Mack. Teams struggle trying to block him because they move him all over the field. Do you expect him to just create havoc with the Minnesota offense, or do you think the Vikings will have some sort of plan to attempt to try to slow him down? Well, you have to plan for Khalil Mack. If you don't, you're setting your offense up for failure. Now, how they're going to do that, that's a big question. They could have a tight end, uh, maybe maybe chip uh, when he's coming off the edge. Kyle Rudolph isn't the best at pass blocking. Um, I would argue Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray would have a better chance to block uh, Khalil Mack coming from the edge. They're both very good in pass protection, although Khalil Mack against the running back I still think is a big advantage for the Bears. I think the, the best option the Vikings have and I hope they do it is to is to move the pocket and make Kirk Cousins mobile, roll him out to the to the left or to the right, um, and and create that that mobile pocket. And I I think if they can do that and sort of roll away from the side that Cleo Mack is on, um, the Vikings are going to have the best chance of success that way. The Bears have been very good at generating turnovers, interceptions. They lead the league with sixteen second in force turnovers this year. Ball security sounds like it's been an emphasis this week. 
for the Vikings, what they're trying to do and what the Bears have been able to do, obviously generating those turnovers into points. Concern with Cousins and company and ball security this week. Uh, you expect to see certainly more Dalvin Cook. I would hope so. I mean, Dalvin Cook is finally healthy. Uh, he, he really started to flash his, his true potential against Detroit a couple of weeks ago in that big home win. Um, I would expect the Vikings to run Dalvin Cook early and often, and and when they do go back to pass, I would think it was you know kind of short, over the middle crossing type stuff with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen to sort of get the the Bears defense to to, to loosen up a little bit. I, I really, yeah, they they really have to control, um, or they they really can't afford to turnover uh, to turn over the football. Turnovers kill any team. I mean, in the Vikings' losses this year against New Orleans, that that turnover by Thielen and then that interception that, that Kirk Cousins had, they just absolutely broke the back of the Vikings' offense. If they can limit those, uh, they're going to be in pretty good shape, I think. All right, so is Cody Parkey, in your estimation, going to hit the uprights four times again? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he does it six times. <laughs> Wait, no, no. I've never seen anything like times. it. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I hope I hope he doesn't hit the upright at all because I hope he doesn't get a chance to kick an extra corner or field goal. That's incredible. A- absolutely in- incredible. Never seen anything like it. Okay, so we'll put you out there on a limb. Uh, you have confidence in the Vikings going in. So where is that confidence as far as the score is uh, called here? Man, I think this is going to be one of those old-fashioned, old-time NFC Central, back in the good old days, um, just meat grinder of a game. Both defenses are are in the top ten. Um, the Vikings defense is really coming into shape. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Uh, let's say it's going to come down to kicking, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Vikings actually have a kicking advantage here. Let's go 16-13 Vikings on a late. Um, late field goal for uh, for the win. All right, I can buy it. I, I can certainly buy it. Let's say that doesn't happen, though, and the Bears hold serve. Let's fast forward to the end of the season, and what would be on the line possibly with Bears-Vikings? I will be in attendance wearing my brand-new Cleo Mac jersey for that one and uh, <laughs> be surrounded by you nerds in purple, so I'll be up there for it. What are the chances we get another Sunday night football game? If, if the Bears hold serve at home, do you think that'll be for the NFC North Division title? No, because I think the Bears will be in a commanding position. If they, wow. If the, if the, wow. Uh, seriously, I mean, the, the Bears have, a, have an easier schedule. I mean, after this, after this Bears game, the Vikings have Green Bay at home, then they go to Seattle, then they go to New England. Um, the Bears have a relatively easy schedule or in a very easy part of their schedule. I mean, if if the Vikings don't pull this game out, what that puts the Bears at what seven and three? Mm-hmm. And the Vikings will be five, four, and one. That's essentially a three-game lead plus a tiebreaker with six to play. I, I don't, I don't know. I I think the Vikings will be fighting for a wild card spot in Week Seventeen, but I don't think it'll be for the division. I I think if it's going to be for the division, the Vikings have got to win Sunday night. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So the new college football poll is out from the uh, college football committee. Uh, the first ten, uh, pretty much the same. Uh, you're an Ohio State guy, your beloved Buckeyes. 
Are they on the outside looking in? And does everything then hinge on that Michigan game? And if they win and then get to the championship game, they will play Northwestern. Ooh. Okay. Where are you on this? Uh, I don't care what the college football playoff standings are right now. It only matters uh, at the end of the regular season. And I think if Ohio State wins out by beating Michigan and winning the Big Ten championship game, they will be in the college football playoff. Simple as that. Now, there are many things that could change that. Certainly oh, sure. a Georgia upset against Alabama, and you get into that, and a one-loss Alabama team, where do they sit? Still a whole lot out there. This Buckeye team has been so odd this year. Maryland this week before the Michigan game. Maryland can run the football. That's about all that they can do. But watching Dwayne Haskins this year, tell me as a Buckeye fan, because if this guy was a quarterback of my favorite team, he would drive me nuts. I mean, just throwing off his back foot. Terrible mechanics at times. Have you enjoyed the Twain Haskins experience overall? Love it. Absolutely <laughs> love Twain Haskins. The guy, the guy completes 70% of his passing. He's setting, he's setting school records left and right. I, I, his mechanics are terrible, but you can get away with terrible mechanics in college, especially against teams like Maryland. Now, in the NFL, I wouldn't fly. I get it. But, I mean, Haskins is really good. I, I, I think his mechanics are going to get better the more experience he gets, and I, I think it has the last uh, couple weeks. Ohio State had a tough game on the road. Uh, and beat Michigan State, and their defense finally, maybe with the light switch coming on a little bit, I hope. Um, so maybe maybe Ohio State is, is sort of getting getting it together at the right time. they got Maryland and then the big game against Michigan and then hopefully the Big Ten championship game. And fortunately, they've got the Michigan game at home this year. Um, so that will help. But, I, yeah, I, I like I like Haskins. I, I mean, I'm, he's no J.T. Barrett. I love J.T. Barrett. But um, I'm I'm a big fan of Haskins. I think he throws a good ball for the most part, very accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he gives the he throws Ohio State receivers open, allows them to get a lot of yards after catch. So the running game has been less than impressive, which is kind of mystifying. But yeah, I've got no complaints with Haskins at all. Uh, let me drop this one on you then, real real quick, since you're passionate ab- about this. Let's just say, for inst- entrance, uh, instance, that uh, what Trent said comes to fruition, that Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship game. So now, does the committee take two schools from the SEC, Alabama and Georgia, Notre Dame, and then do they take Clemson from the ACC, and you have the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12 shut out? Good question. Uh, well, you know they took they took two SEC schools last year, and yeah. and the Big Ten got shut out. It was what? Who was it last year? It was Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, and then Clemson. I can't remember. Clemson. Clemson. Oh, yeah, sorry, Clemson. Um, I could in that scenario, I would probably say Georgia, Alabama. Uh, Clemson, and then then it would really come down to a big discussion. I think between Notre Dame and Ohio State, you've got a you've got an independent school that didn't play a conference championship game. You could argue Ohio State has the better resume, plus their conference champion who played in a conference championship game. Um, and Ohio State, I don't want to say got cheated out of uh, a playoff spot last year because they got thumped by Iowa, and that just neutralized every argument Ohio State had for the Ohio State, for the for, the, for a playoff spot, uh, but I think they would have a much stronger case 
than Notre Dame would, especially with a win over Michigan late plus a win in the conference championship game. I don't think you're going to win that argument. I think if Notre Dame goes undefeated, they're in. I really do. Because the committee committee already has them in the top four. Yeah, that's true. They are undefeated, aren't they? So yeah, but I yeah. mean, I would take Ohio State simply from the fact I hate Notre Dame and and I would make them join a conference <laughs> before they should even be considered for a playoff spot. <laughs> Trent, That's now the truth comes thing. out. He hates Notre Dame. He's a good man. He's a good man, even if he is a Vikings fan. He, uh, I grew up Irish Catholic, and I also hate Notre Dame. So it's a we are two peas in a pod. Ted Glover from the Daily Norseman. You can find him on Twitter at Purple Buckeye. Ted, uh, worst of luck to you on Sunday night, all right? Yeah, I hope you have a miserable night Sunday. Thank you, thank you. Okay. <laughs> we'll do it again soon. Be good, Ted. Take care, buddy. The Tech Glover. Thanks again, guys. Check it in with us. Boy, I, I absolutely love our conversations. You know, Jimmy yeah. B, throughout the years, well, I have talked with Ted. We, we've always had such a fun time, you know, just going back and forth. And, and it's fun. You know, I was talking earlier just here a while ago with Ken and, I'm back being optimistic. It's fun to have some optimism. I know at times I can be a sad sack fan. I I get that. And I always try to separate my fandom from what we do here, the conversations. I don't want to be fanboy. I don't like fanboy radio. You know that, and and you know that Mm -hmm. about me. But it's good to be excited again, to wake up on a Sunday morning and and have that bounce in in your step. And, And Sunday night football, seeing the Bears back out there, and just not because they're on the schedule before the year, but because of what they did and being a flex team that gets to go to this spot and be at the Vikings. And you know what that rivalry means. Jimmy B, I'm so excited for this weekend. I can tell, pal. I, I can tell you got a little scooch in your underwear there. I mean, this is going to be fun. You're going to be there. You're going to be cold. No, 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 matter. I, no. I'll be there week 17 in the oh, confines 17 yes in yes. the confines of US Bank Stadium where it'll be cold outside it'll be a balmy 72 nice. degrees inside though yeah yeah you got that right look i i can't wait for this uh, I, I feel like i'm doing the commercial i can't wait for sunday night so i think it's going to be great i really do and and that's why i asked him the Khalil Mack question because teams have really struggled trying to do something to keep him out of the equation. And I don't know if you can. Yeah, I think they just come up, meaning the Bears' defense, I think they come up with some new wrinkle uh, every week in an effort to position him to a spot off and on where he can just cause havoc. And, and, and the offense will not have an answer for it. And if they find something that is successful, meaning the Bears' defense, they're going to keep doing it until they force the Vikings to adjust to it, Trent. They are. They are. And you, you have to scheme. you got to move pockets out at times. He, yes. He is a completely different level player. You know, it's interesting, and I forgot to ask Ted this, but so Dalvin Cook back healthy how about the Vikings though claiming Amir Abdullah off the waiver wire from the from the yeah. Lions? I, I thought that was certainly interesting. Latavius Murphy, Murray's look good. You got Cook healthy. Rock Thomas, their young guy. I know they're excited about maybe his future, but you got to guess with Abdullah, it's going to be kick return. I, I guess that's probably the route they're looking, right? Uh, I would say that I, I, he could be a special teams guy, and then you got him as a backup if you know you don't want anybody getting injured. But if something like that happened, he's there. But I could see them using him uh, on occasions like that. Absolutely interesting. And uh, Sunday night football, Bears and the Vikings. You can hear Vikings. it here. We got you covered on seventeen hundred. The champ. 
from Soldier Field every Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night football game. And tomorrow night we get the Packers on a Thursday, mm-hmm. a, a decent matchup to, to get the football week started, week 11 of the NFL. Seattle's dangerous. I mean, they almost went in and beat the Rams, yeah. so they're going to have to uh, watch out. Green Bay is Seattle with Russell Wilson. They will put points on the board against that Packer D, and Aaron Rodgers and company will just have to find a way to just put more points on the board. Seattle favored by two and a half at home. The over under forty nine with the Packers and the Seahawks. We'll get into that more tomorrow coming back on the other side what we're watching tonight we'll take a look at the evening that will be coming up as we continue on it's jimmy b and tc on 1700 the champ back with you one final time as we put a wrap on things here all right jimmy b tonight there's some action there's some college football maybe there's crappy nba i don't even know as i have completely uh, turned (laughs) off the television as it pertains to the nba but uh britson what trips your trigger coming up tonight? Well, look, there is a match in tonight, and it's uh, Buffalo and Ohio. Uh, this is not a bad matchup. Buffalo has only lost one game. They are 9-1. and one. So, and Ohio 6-4. and four. Uh, The game is at Ohio. So that might get me interested in, at least a little bit. Um, college basketball, I will be dialed into Michigan Villanova. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about that, Trent. That's, that's priority viewing right there. I will probably sample Duke and Eastern Michigan just so I can check out Zion Williamson again and, and Barrett, the, uh, the two big, uh, guns for Duke. Uh, but if you're going to ask me about the, uh, NBA, uh, the late-night viewing, well, actually, it'll be the first game on ESPN. New Orleans, Minnesota, so T-Wolves in action. Yeah. Get a chance to see the matchup, yeah. though, with Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. No? Is, no? No. No? No. No? You're off, you're off the T-Wolves already? Well, it's not that I'm off the T-Wolves. I'll, I'll find them again in April, and uh, we'll see where they are okay. at that. But it's... You know my love, my affinity for college basketball, Jim. And yes, I know. There's I'll only there so many you. hours in the day. That, uh, I don't yeah. live the rock and roll lifestyle that you do, Jimmy B. Okay. I have a toddler at home that makes things a little bit more difficult. So the viewing windows for me are a little bit tighter. I would love to watch the game, but I know the reality is I'm like you. I'll be watching Villanova and Michigan. That, that will have my attention. College basketball yes. gets it. Football, it is fleeting, and it is going away very quickly as we go into the final two weeks of the regular season. So that'll be on tap. It'll be part of the rotation. I'm just going to guess it's not going to be a big part of the equation tonight. Okay, fair enough. Did you get a chance to see when I referenced yesterday Georgetown and Illinois? Yeah. And uh, Mac Mac McClune, the way that that kid plays? Watched a lot of the game. Uh, I'll be honest, he didn't exactly leap off the screen to me. He's Did all right. you see the reverse dunk that he threw down? Yeah, that was that was impressive. That was impressive. Okay. But but <laughs> when overall, you say leap. The kid can leap. Yes. No, he's not a great shooter. He's yeah. not a great shooter yet. No, he's he's not. not a great basketball player. He's a great athlete though. Yeah, that that yes. is true. He is a yes. great athlete. And uh, I, I was a little disappointed in Trey Morning. He didn't have a whole lot there. He wasn't. No. Uh, he wasn't exactly good. And an Illinois team. That has nothing inside. That is a very small team. But how about Illinois? They're playing without Trent Frazier, and they they could have won that basketball game. I get it was at home, and it's still a rebuilding Georgetown team, and you're number two of Patrick Ewing, but 
Yeah, mm-hmm. a good start to college basketball. I I really enjoyed the Wisconsin game. I told you yesterday, Jim, yes. this Badgers team is going to be a lot better. But yeah. it's good to have college basketball back in our lives. I'm excited for it. Tomorrow we'll get Iowa against Oregon, and that's such yep. a barometer game, Jimmy B. I mean, really, we're we're just we're we're grasping at straws right now to see how much improved this Iowa team is. I re-upped my subscription today to Ken Palm, so I've been digging into a bunch of different numbers, but it's it's UW Green Bay, right? It's it's games like that. You just can't invest a whole lot into what you're seeing from the Hawkeyes at this point in time. When they play Oregon, they t- play a team with the pulse here. Can they keep it close? Ken Palm has this as a four-point game. The Vegas line will probably be out late afternoon, early evening. We'll see. If it's Oregon, I have a couple of places that have it. Oregon, 7.5, 8.5. I'm jumping on the Ducks. If that number's a little bit bigger, though, I certainly think mm-hmm. I could change. But, yeah, Jimmy B, it's until we see that game, We just I, I don't think we have a clue about this Iowa basketball team. I, I think you're right about that. I think that we'll get a much better indication uh, with what takes place uh, tomorrow night against the Ducks. I, I just want to see how... Fran McCaffrey will do his rotation and how he's going to have, if Garza is going to defend Bull Bull all the time, Mm -hmm. if it's going to be a combination of Garza and Kreener, or if Bull Bull is playing on the outside, do you send somebody like Bear on the outside to try to, you know, finesse him out of his comfort zone a little bit? So this this has got an intriguing matchup to it. And I think the key, and we'll get into this more tomorrow, though, I think the key to the game will be if Bull Bull can stay out of foul trouble. I think that's the most important issue for Oregon. And speaking of that, I, I see there are some lines out for tomorrow. Five, the opening number, Oregon favorite just by five. Oh, wow. Well, I, I, I have some work to do here, Jimmy B. Let's get out of here. I, <laughs> okay. I, got some, I got some things I need to do. We'll be back at it tomorrow again each and every weekday from 1 until 2 o'clock. Myself and Jimmy B. We get started every morning at 11 a.m. with Ken Miller and myself. But coming up today, it's The Drive. As Wolfgang and myself, we will be talking a whole bunch of different things. we got a lot to get into today. Pat Hardy is going to stop by. Lots on the Hawkeyes. Noah Fant. And I look forward to that game against Oregon. And we'll break down the new playoff rankings in college football with the final two weeks with CBS Sports' Ben Kirchival. He'll be by in the 5 o'clock hour. That's on your way home from 4 until 6 o'clock. And don't forget, high school football, the finale coming up on Friday night as we will bring you the Dowling Catholic Maroons looking for one for the other thumb, looking for their sixth consecutive state championship as they face off against undefeated Cedar Falls. Should be a great one if you can't catch it on your TV. We have you covered here on the radio side with play-by-play on 1700 The Champ, the Maroons and the Tigers for the state championship. Thanks, everybody out there for listening in. We'll talk to you again here in a couple of hours with The Drive starting at 4 o'clock. Tiki and Tierney is next on 1700 The Champ.